0: All right, y'all, before we get started, a quick warning. Today's episode contains some strong, salty language and some slurs. That's alliteration.
1: I'm Shireen Marisol Meraji.
0: I'm Gene Demby, and this is Code Switch.
1: From NPR. All right, friends, it's the week of Thanksgiving, and this year, that holiday, like basically everything else in 2020, is going to be...
0: Trash. <laughs> trash. It's going to be trash.
1: I was going to say different. Going to be different. But you know, trash works too. Anyway, one thing that may not have changed about this year's Thanksgiving is that the country is still incredibly divided politically, mm-hmm. and those divisions and tensions run right through a lot of families.
0: That's right. So, back in 2016, we aired this episode all about how to deal with family members who have very different political beliefs from you all while sitting around the table for Thanksgiving. That was, of course, shortly after Donald Trump was elected, as if anyone could forget.
1: A lot has changed in four years. We have a new election, a different outcome for President Trump. There was a summer of protests for racial justice and social justice, not to mention, you know, that little global pandemic thing. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. The thing that's turned your Thanksgiving into a potential super spreader event.
1: Oh, and the yeah. fraughtness
0: of talking politics with loved ones seems to have gotten, if possible, more intense even if those awkward family conversations are happening over Zoom or FaceTime rather than in person this time around.
1: Silver lining, there's finally a mute button for when your proverbial racist uncle starts going off <laughs> during Thanksgiving Zoom. Right.
0: Or you can say like, oh, my Internet ain't working. Oh, I'm sorry, no reception in this room. I can't. I just can't make it. I got to hop off. You know, treat yourself to some peace and quiet. That's what I'm planning to do.
1: That is a brilliant decision, Gene. and... Yeah, that's what I expect from you. Brilliance.
0: <laughs> well, oh you.
1: Anyway, today on the show, we're going to revisit that conversation we had four years ago about gravy and grievances. It's so weird how it holds up all these years later. <laughs> it's weird and sad, really.
0: And with that, on to the show.
1: All right, so I'm sitting in studio with my colleague, Justin Richmond. Hi, Shireen. Hi, Justin. Uh, I know because you've mentioned this a couple of times at work that you have family members that you voted differently from. One in particular that's very close to you, your father.
2: Yes. Um, he voted for
1: Trump. And let's state the not so obvious because this is the radio. Yes. You are a black man. Yes. And your father
2: is black. <laughs>
0: This is code Switch's awkward <laughs> post-election Thanksgiving podcast. I'm Gene Demby. Shereen, I'm really, really curious about how the rest of that conversation went down.
2: <laughs> my father's a black man from Compton, and he voted for Donald Trump.
1: What, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? How do you think that's going to go down?
2: Uh, I'm not talking. I'm not going to have Thanksgiving dinner with my dad. That's, that's for sure.
1: Have you talked to him at all?
2: I haven't talked to him since probably two days before the election. Haven't talked to him since two days before the election, and it's not going to be a constructive conversation, you know. So,
1: what was the conversation two days before the election?
2: I live in Long Beach. My dad now lives in Long Beach. Uh, we share a post office, and he told me how he went to the post office in his Trump Pence shirt, <laughs> and you know, it's a bunch of brothers in the post office, man. And so they they're like, "Yo, man, is this for real? You joking with us?" He's like, "Nah, niggas, this is for real." <laughs> Trump, Pence, he's like, what did he say? He said, step your game up, Trump, Pence, quit that nigga shit. That's what he told me, too. He said, what did Barack Obama do for black people? Nothing. I don't agree with that. That's what he said.
1: So did you push back and ask him, what do you think Donald Trump is going to do for black people?
2: I didn't ask him that. I should have asked him that. Gosh, I mean, I need you around with me. <laughs> um, but I said, man, I, but I, you know, I was like, Trump is racist. What do you, you know? And basically, his response was that Trump isn't racist. Trump has... Black people's interests at heart because they have Americans' interests at heart. And he's going to kick out the Mexicans, and the Mexicans take black people's jobs. That's what I'm up
0: against. So, that I mean, I could push back against it, but why? That's what Ooh. I'm up against. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I really, really want to know Justin's dad. Uh, <laughs> just because of the, just the unbridled gulliness, right? They were like, so the, uh, the post office with a Trump-Pence shirt on. But there's so much there, you know, to unpack. Um,
3: oh,
1: and, yes.
0: But Justin is obviously not the only person out there going through stuff like this we actually did a call out to Mm -hmm. our readers our co-switch family on twitter and facebook and asked them to leave voicemail messages with their stories about this uh potentially very tense thanksgiving coming up
1: and gene it's been widely reported if you don't know here's a fact (laughs) here it comes most people of color did not vote for donald trump (laughs) yes so uh when pocs are at dinner with someone who did It's probably going to be some tough stuff. And that's what you're going to hear throughout this episode. These are people who are mad that Donald Trump won and they feel like their family members betrayed them in Mm -hmm. some way.
0: We are going to hear from a Muslim woman who did vote for Trump. Mm -hmm. She's a unicorn. And we're going to listen to her talk to her father about that. But that's going to be a little bit later in the episode. You're not going to want to miss that conversation.
1: But first, Jean, let's bring in Kat Chow, Mm -hmm. part of the Code Switch squad. She has a story of her own. Hey, Kat. Hey. Okay. So my story <laughs> is about my dad, who I feel
4: like I've talked to you guys a lot about. My dad is complicated. I love him. Most dads (laughs) are. Yeah. I I actually don't know how he voted um, in this election. I have not talked to him since last Tuesday. Yes. My dad is an immigrant from Hong Kong. Mm. And I remember last year, one of my sisters and her husband got into an especially heated argument with my dad about Trump specifically and some Mm. of Trump's surrogates and their views about immigration being like, wait dad how can you how can you even support or um not condemn this guy who is so anti-immigrant and kind of spewing speech that they considered hateful the way we press him or the way i try and press him is with facts so saying like ah that's not true like here's x fact and my dad's the way (laughs) does
0: does the introduction of facts ever
1: work (laughs) This is the question for the entire media at oh this point. Oh my gosh, anyway. yes. I feel
4: like my dad, I love him, but this is such an interesting case study. He'll just say... I- I don't know. I, I I don't know. And it drives my sisters and I, like, up the wall. We are just like, what do you mean you don't know? Like, yes, you do know. Just say it. Just admit it. And we kind of get, like, it makes me super riled up. Like, I'm getting riled up right now. So
1: are you guys going home for Thanksgiving? Are you going to see your dad? Is this, and I know you don't know how we voted, so is this something Ugh. that's going to come up around the Thanksgiving yeah.
4: table? I don't know how this conversation is going to go down. I know that we're probably going to talk about it because it's hard to not talk about this election. And My sisters and I, the day after the election, we were on this text thread together where my oldest had to share personal news with my dad. Mm. She knew that the election was probably going to come up, but she didn't want to do it by herself. So she texted us and was like, hey, do you want to jump on this call, too? Maybe we can do like a Skype call or Google Hangout to make it lighter. And my other sister and I were kind of just like, um, no, you're uh, on your own. You he left own. her hanging. We did leave her hanging, but we won't leave her hanging over Thanksgiving. I don't know how the conversation's going to go down.
0: <laughs> what are you trying to accomplish with this undertaking? Like, what is the well, thing you're trying to drive?
4: <laughs> First of all, I don't know if I have thought this through right now. Maybe this is a work in progress where I think like right now in this moment, I just want my dad to be able to admit like for him to not do the I don't know thing and, and admit that something is true um, or factual. I will use the word factual. So you
1: don't want to change his mind.
4: I don't That's think I can. I would love to change his mind. Like, I'd love him to not support anti-immigrant views. I mean, that'd be great. But for him, I think that I need to move the needle slowly.
1: We got a voicemail uh, from somebody from Florida. Um, This was also about his dad, an immigrant dad. And it's a little bit of a different problem than yours. You know your dad voted. And this is a voicemail about a dad who didn't vote. Let's listen to that.
0: Hello, this is David from Miami. Um, I'm calling because uh, my dad didn't vote. Um, I'm from Miami, Florida. My parents also live in Florida. And so that was something that was really difficult for me, um, especially post the election. Um, and we are a family of Colombian American immigrants. And so we've had many conversations, um, since then where he's basically told me to, to not take it so seriously, um, that it isn't so important. You know, like no matter what, like we'll be fine. I'm like, yeah, we'll, we will be fine. But I'm thinking of my, of my undocumented friends and my Muslim friends and my, and my female friends who have been through sexual assault, um, who will suffer these four years because of Donald Trump and and for whom there are real consequences to his election that, that I won't see.
1: So David finished his voicemail, it was pretty long, um, by saying he decided not to go home. He lives in Washington, mm. D.C., and he's not going to go home to Florida because he just doesn't want to have these conversations. So that's one way to deal with this issue, right? Like, just Completely not go home. avoid it yeah. entirely, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, also, this is another argument that's going to be had if you do go home around the family table, which is uh, the family members who didn't vote for whatever reason, and in David's case, his dad didn't vote because he's a Republican, but he and he didn't like Trump, but because he's a Republican, he wasn't going to vote for Hillary Clinton. We also have the most famous example of somebody who didn't vote for political reasons is Colin Kaepernick. Yep, mm-hmm. and he was like, I, I don't believe in the system that we live in. It's a white supremacist system, and I'm not going to participate um, in the system by voting.
0: Black people have had this very long, fraught history with trying to get the franchise. And so um, I think in a lot of places, there might be people who are more angry um, that he didn't vote than if he had voted for some like Trump, you know what I mean? Yeah, like he didn't name. even
1: exercise his right.
0: Right, right, right. Really, course, you
1: think that if he voted for Trump, you think people would be less mad at him?
0: I don't want to generalize too much, but like every time I've had a conversation about uh, sort of conscientiously not voting with folks, even as like a hypothetical, like uh, there are ways you can be involved that are not, do not involve casting a ballot. I've had so mm-hmm. many people push back at the idea of like of, of how you were sort of uh, that's a dereliction of your responsibility to like the people who came before us, right? Who literally were. Um, attacked by dogs and um, brutalized, yeah. and you know, killed in a lot of cases. Trying to get people to register to vote, I-, I would not be surprised if there are lots of families this year in which someone is getting dragged by their aunts and uncles uh, for not casting a ballot. <laughs>
1: We're going to take a break. And when we come back, remember that article that was all over our Facebook feeds? It wasn't the one written by a Macedonian teen. It was the one written by a a Muslim woman who voted for Trump. Well, we've got her on the show talking to her dad, who voted very differently from her. So you're going to want to hear that.
4: Absolutely. This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who specialize in issues such as isolation, depression, stress, anxiety, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment when you need professional help. Get help at your own time and your own pace. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Visit betterhelp.com code to learn more and get 10% off your first month.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Amazon Prime Video with Small Axe. Small Axe is a collection of five films from Academy Award-winning director Steve McQueen, starring acclaimed actors including John Boyega, Letitia Wright, and Sean Parks. Based on real-life events in London's West Indian community between the 1960s and 1980s, each film tells a story of courage, family, and resilience. Small acts. new film Fridays, now through December 18th, only on Amazon Prime Video in the U.S.
1: Lauren Coe of Loco Kitchen went from pie-zaster. It looked like a crime scene. All the berry juices were everywhere. To pie-master. She'll share tips based on years of baking delicious pies that are stunning works of art, too. Listen and subscribe to NPR's Life Kit. We're back. Let's listen to another voicemail. Hi,
3: Code Switch. This is Kate. I live in Los Angeles right now,
1: but grew up in Birmingham,
3: Alabama. I racially and politically identify as Asian American and a Korean adoptee. My family is almost exclusively white and much more conservative than me. I can't speak to how my family members voted or if they voted, but I wouldn't be surprised to hear that some of them voted for Trump. At family gatherings in the past, my strategy has been avoidance. I just don't talk politics with them, especially race. And I've already been reprimanded by my family for coming off as, quote unquote, too angry and disrespectful. And because I'm adopted, I think even ungrateful. My feelings are not just invalidated when they do this. Uh, it seems that I too um, am invalidated.
1: So you guys, wow. I chose this voicemail because I, it just punched me in the gut. Yeah, I can, yeah, see, I can see why. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. And also it shows how complicated issues around identity are and how complicated this vote can be for some people who may not share at all the same experience as being a quote-unquote person of color in this country that we do.
4: I mean, personally for her, that must be so hard to feel that, you know, her family thinks that she's ungrateful. Um, that is a rough spot to be in. I can't even imagine that.
0: There are so many dynamics, obviously, in that family that, i'm really curious about now and i'm i'm curious about like that sense of obligation kat you sort of alluded to this before before the mm-hmm. break that sense of obligation that makes people subject themselves to this kind of insult because they love these people um, and because they feel i'm um, compelled to be in their presence
1: let's listen to this voicemail it's a different dynamic this is um, a black family they're from north carolina and i don't think i need to explain anymore let's just listen
3: Hi, my name is Lauren, and I'm from Charlotte, and I am sharing my story. My husband and I keep asking my mom if she realizes what she's done, that she voted for putting her grandsons at risk with stop and frisk, that there are people who aren't safe anymore. She says it's not really going to be like that, and we shouldn't be afraid. God is watching over us, and Donald Trump is going to have a change of heart. Just watch and see, she says. My parents are both black, both from tiny Texas towns, and my dad was laid off from a cushy manufacturing job and forced into early retirement. He voted both times for Obama, which is something he regrets now, saying that Obama hasn't done anything for black people and he only cares about gays. It all exploded on Veterans Day, when we went out to eat to celebrate my dad's service as a Marine. Me, my husband, my parents, and my six-year-old son, my mom was the one who kept pressing us about everything being okay and not worrying since she could sense our sadness about Trump winning. And finally, my husband just became unhinged. He started listing all the reasons why this election was catastrophic, thing after thing my dad was quiet the whole time and my mom was totally unfazed and I was trying to calm the situation but she was starting to really get to me too so it's been really frustrating um I used to call her every day on my way home from work but I just really haven't felt like doing that lately
1: wow there's that dinner table conversation that people are going to have around Thanksgiving she had it on Veterans Day
0: absolutely and it seems (laughs) there's something Sisyphean about about this undertaking and I'm sort of curious about um, this idea this is the idea that sort of informs a lot of our conversation about race and the Mm -hmm. politics of race right is that if we just like sit down and talk about it um, that we'll come to a a better understanding of where everyone else is right and then we'll be all be better for it Um, but nah that's not how it works (laughs) Um, and it is hard it's hard to do that with strangers I'm not (laughs) trying to be you know what I mean Mr. (laughs) Pessimism but I will put my back into that if I have to um it's hard to do with strangers, but the conventional wisdom is it's h- easier to do... Um, with
1: people you love. With people who are like invested yeah.
0: in the you know perpetuation of your relationship with them. But that comes with its own uh, pitfalls and its own...
1: Because the stakes are higher The there stakes are way, much higher, right? Yeah.
0: You know, th- her parents are not going to move on this.
1: I don't know. I mean, are you suggesting that people just decide either not to talk about it at all or just avoid... Holidays and Thanksgiving, or and... avoid that family member altogether.
0: So there's no right, you know. So it sort of <laughs> depends on your your family, right? I mean, some people, are
1: yeah,
0: just gonna have to get cut out. You know what I'm saying? Just gonna, you're just gonna stop banging with them, like. But there are other families that have always, and I'm, I, my hunch is that Shereen's family is like this. <laughs> um, <there are laughs> other families that <laughs> that like to yell and like to argue, and it's like part of the, you know, part of how they get down. But I have no idea. Like, I don't. I, I this is not a thing that come has come up with my family. Uh huh lucky you Gene. I'm not gonna you know. <laughs>
1: Um and, and you know we spend a lot of time here talking about how do we convince people to see where we're coming from how mm-hmm. do we convince them to digest facts mm-hmm. how how do we do this convincing with our family members and you know what if we can't convince them right is it possible to have the same kind of loving relationships with your family members when they believe something that is so drastically different from you, and it's maybe something where you think people's lives are at risk. Yeah, you know, this is like high. serious.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, it's probably specific to the personalities in the family, right? I mean, I have no. It's probably like very individual.
1: Speaking of that, this idea of how to have different, completely different opinions on something and live and love. Each other. Um, We are going to end things with a conversation I taped with a woman who voted for Donald Trump. Her father didn't. Her name is Asra Namani. She's a Muslim immigrant from India, Mm -hmm. but she grew up for most of her life in West Virginia. Um, She actually outed herself as a Donald Trump supporter in an opinion piece for the Washington Post. It's been everywhere. And her dad, Mohammed Zafar Nomani, a.k.a. Dr. Nomani, and you'll hear me call him that throughout. (laughs) He's a retired science professor, and he voted for Hillary Clinton.
5: Hi, Dad. Yes, hello. Hey, how are you? Fine, thank you.
6: Are you looking forward to talking? Mm -hmm.
5: I
1: I was just wondering, Dr. Nomani, when did Asra tell you that she decided to vote for Donald Trump?
6: We have
5: been talking, discussing for
6: weeks. long time back we've voted Democratic most of our lives we're very progressive and liberal but the one thing that was really distressing me was that the people on the left they were just saying so many mean things about the Trump voters and you know West Virginia went for Trump and that's like our West Virginia people You know, they were saying stuff like they're just uneducated, they're racist, bigots, chauvinist, sexist. I wanted to sort of be able to uh, stand up and make a vote without having to be hostage to all of this name-calling.
1: But Dr. Nomani, you decided to vote for Hillary Clinton.
5: First of all, there are many jokes about hillbillies of West Virginia, so I don't care about what other people say. I love West Virginia. I love people there. I have great experience with them. Now, why I voted Hillary Clinton, that is your question, right? Yes, sir. Less of the evil. I don't trust most of the leaders of the, not only USA, of the world. They say one thing, they do something. President, prime minister, kings, dictators, they're hypocrites. I agree. I, I has one opinion, I have one opinion. Why the hell I should or anybody should disturb their family relationship? Family is first and these leaders are secondary. I had no expectation from Hillary. I had no expectation <laughs> from uh, uh, Trump. But one, one thing is this. I saw on Muslim, whether it is for women News reporters, military people, Trump started, or that division. He had been changing, going back and forth, back and forth. So I lost the trust. That is what he will do and what he will not do. So I didn't want it to swim in the unknown water. So I don't know whether he will lead to the second law of physics, that is entropy, you I hope you know what entropy no, means.
1: Oh my gosh, Doctor Namani, you have to tell me you're so you're saying the second law of physics. Okay. okay.
5: Entropy means randomness and, and chaos. And <laughs> so so I didn't want to take that risk. Randomness of chaos.
6: <laughs> so I voted for her. All right. Good or bad. I know her. I really liked one thing that you said. Yeah, like we need to keep families and friendships together. And then these politicians, like, why are we letting these politicians kill our relationships in our lives? I just, these last days, I cannot believe how many people have said to me now, like, oh, my gosh, you're a different person than I thought you were. I'm so disappointed in you. You should be ashamed of yourself. Mm. And to think that, like, a vote reflects a difference in a person's Humanity, I think, is so painful.
1: What about Muslims who say that you did undermine their safety with a vote for Trump?
6: Well, Dad, do you think that I undermined your safety by voting for Trump? You're a Muslim.
5: I don't know, because I don't trust these politicians. And one of them is Mr. Trump. (laughs) I'm not scared of anybody. I hope for the good. When you hate somebody... You are hurting yourself first.
6: For me, if she had won and I had a fear for what she was going to be bringing, like, I could not like thrust that upon my father then as a condemnation then of his vote. Like It just wouldn't be fair to him.
1: Can I ask you um, who's coming over for Thanksgiving this year?
6: Well, my dad's with me in Virginia right now, and then we'll drive together, right, Dad, to Morgantown, and hopefully my mom won't have to do too much of the work. Um, around the dinner table, we're going to have somebody who voted for Trump, somebody who voted for Hillary, two folks who voted for Johnson, and and our lovely dog, Lily, who will vote for anybody who gives her a piece of turkey. <laughs> <laughs> that is the way.
5: Let
0: us make life easy. All right, Shireen and Kat, I actually am really fascinated hmm. by what you make of that conversation, especially the part where she she sort of says that, she, that politics should not intrude on your personal lives, right? They should not impact your family relationships. That sort of, to me, sounds like she's, ask, she's sort of suggesting that these things don't matter or they shouldn't matter enough for it to become rancorous. But of course... Like, they, the reason they were rancorous is because they matter. I'm just curious as to what yeah. you make of that suggestion.
1: You know, they they both are coming at it like, eh, this is the lesser of two evils. And I think that's that whether you agree with it or not, that's the common ground that they're able to have Yeah, discussions that's, those on. Are,
4: those were the, kind of the similarities that I heard in them, where they were both saying a lot about chaos, where Dr. Numani brought up entropy, um, <laughs> which is a word I hadn't thought about in a long time. And she brought up, like the chaos of this election. So
1: maybe that's how they see eye to eye. (sighs) Well, it's complicated, as we always (laughs) say here on Code Switch. It's
0: complicated.
1: So that was Code Switch's 2016 Thanksgiving episode. We've been saying it's complicated for a very long time now. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's fair to say that four years later, Dr. Nomani's prediction for entropy <laughs> or chaos was spot on.
0: Might have been an understatement too.
1: Yes. Uh, so you might need a palate cleanser after that spicy content you just ingested. <laughs> <laughs> if so, uh, you should check out my conversation with Lauren Ko on Life Kit, NPR's Life Kit. Lauren grew up in a Chinese-Honduran-American family surrounded by delicious food traditions pie wasn't one of them but now it is because lauren taught herself how to make the most glorious pies you have ever seen check her out loco kitchen l-o-k-o kitchen on ig she's going to share some tips on life kit so yeah go to that when you're done with uh, the entire credits (laughs) (laughs) it's pure joy
0: Loco, I get it, I get it.
1: Yes, Lauren Coe, but yet Loco.
0: By the way, in the time since we recorded that episode, a lot has changed our code switch. Kat Chow has moved on from the code switch team. She's now working on a memoir called Seeing Ghosts.
1: Justin Richmond's a managing producer at Pushkin, and he co-hosts the Broken Record podcast with Rick Rubin and Malcolm Gladwell. Although some things haven't changed, Gene. Justin says his dad voted for Mr. Donald Trump once again. And that his dad is not a fan of Kamala Harris.
0: That's just a lot of chaotic energy to bring to like, you know, a Zoom call, <laughs> like a family Zoom call. <laughs> all of that right there. Oh, anyway. Yep. Um, Another thing that hasn't changed, though, uh, is that we are so grateful to all of you, our listeners. Yes. Um, And Shireen, I'm personally thankful to still be hosting the show with you. We're still out here doing it.
1: I can't Happy believe it. Happy Thanksgiving,
0: homie. I know, right?
1: Happy Thanksgiving to you. I love you.
0: I love you, too. But y'all, that's our show. As always, we want to hear from you. Email us at codeswitch at npr.org. Follow us on Twitter. We are, of course, at NPR Codeswitch. You can follow Shereen at Radio Mirage, all one word, Radio Mirage. You can follow me at GD215, Philly, whoop, whoop. And subscribe to our newsletter at npr.org slash newsletters.
1: The original version of this episode was produced by Walter Ray Watson and Rund abdel Fatah, and it was edited by Keith Woods, Allison McAdam, and Barry Hardiman. The update was produced by Jess Kung and Lauren Magaki, with help from Leah Donella.
0: But the Codeswitch family is large and unruly, like your Thanksgiving table. Uh, it also includes Kamar Devarajan, Karen Grisby-Bates, Alyssa Jong Perry, Steve Drummond, Natalie Escobar, and Ellie Johnson. Our intern is Alyssa Beheza. I'm Gene Demby.
1: And I'm Shireen Marisol Miraji.
0: Be easy, y'all.
1: Happy Thanksgiving. Since the 1980s, hip-hop and America's prisons have grown side by side.
0: And we're going to investigate this connection to see how it lifts us up and holds us down. Hip-hop is talking about what we live, trying to live the American dream, failing at the American dream. I'm Sydney Madden. I'm Rodney Carmichael. Listen now. To the Louder Than a Riot podcast from NPR Music,
6: where we trace the collision of rhyme and punishment in America.